Welcome to Gone Fishing, a show diving into cybersecurity threats that surround our highly connected lives. Every human is different. Every person has unique vulnerabilities that expose them to potentially successful social engineering. On this show, we'll discuss human vulnerability and how it relates to unique individuals. I'm Connor Swalm, CEO of FinSecurity, and welcome to Gone Fishing. Welcome back to another episode of Gone Fishing. I'm your host, Connor, CEO at Finn, and I'm joined once again by no here by myself. Uh, and so one of the things that I wanted to talk about, uh, I think about this all the time. It's one of the, the main reasons I started Finn in general was security awareness and phishing training. And so I wanted to go through some of the thoughts I have uh, about the industry. Uh, I would always welcome any kind of uh, dissenting opinion or confirming opinion. I'm not here to um, have people agree with me. I'm here to speak what I believe to be the truth and figure it out uh, if it's not. So um, I'll have links to everything at the end of the show. But if you have comments on anything I'm about to say, just you know, reach out, let me know. So I wanted to start with this. What are a lot of the motivations that I believe exist to buying security awareness training? And I'll actually go through these in you know descending order. So the order with which I see things happening, uh, the motivations that, that people use to buy security awareness and phishing training most often. First and foremost is cyber insurance policies. So whether you're a small or a large business, whether you're, you have an MSP or you have your own internal uh, cybersecurity program, you almost always at this point, you know, in 2024, have a cyber insurance policy. And if you have a cyber insurance policy, it requires awareness training at this point. Um, I have yet to see a policy written within the last two years that has not required some form of awareness training, whether that was training videos and phishing or just training videos delivered, you know, at some frequency on a certain set of topics. Second motivation that I see uh, for people buying awareness training for companies buying it is compliance frameworks. You know, the compliance framework that a lot of companies abide by changes. Uh, it's like a flavor of the month is, is a joke uh, that a lot of people have about it. The most common ones are, you know, anything stemming from NIST uh, cybersecurity framework. So, you know, 8171 or 853, uh, ISO 27001 is a little more uh, stringent. Uh, and then there are these things that aren't necessary compliance frameworks, but they are recommendations for creating good security uh, programs like the CIS controls, specifically CIS control 14 speaks um, in depth on how should awareness training work, what you should be training people on, how often you should be doing these things and how you should be conducting the training itself. So compliance frameworks is what I see. Second, third is federal and state regulations. So uh, I, my company's based in the U.S. and I'm based in the U.S. Uh, so there are a whole lot of federal and state regulations that exist on thing on responsibilities you do or and do not have when it comes to conducting cybersecurity uh, services for yourself and for others. There are regulations such as the California Consumer Protection Act (CCPA), and there's also FTC safeguards that have just you know recently been um, amended and to come out uh, to include basically any company that you know collects financial information or acts as a, a bank in some capacity, like. Uh, uh, auto dealerships and mortgage companies now need to abide by certain safeguards. Um, and those, some of those safeguards are that you conduct awareness training at a specific uh, interval. And so the fourth and the, the final thing that I see, and um, I'm being honest with in, in terms of my experience, is people buy awareness training to create security. Uh, but it's not the top three. The top three motivators are cyber insurance, compliance, and regulation. So I guess uh, I'm starting to see that change a tiny bit. 
where people are beginning to understand, especially with how mainstream cyber attacks are. And uh, a phrase that I've started using is cybersecurity is now at Main Street America is small business owners are aware of it. They're aware of people getting hacked. You're not too small to get hacked. You're just too small to make the news. It's a quote that I've stolen from somebody and I don't know who made it up. Uh, and basically, uh, I see it changing a little bit, but not enough is I believe there's a way to do awareness training. And I'll kind of go into what I believe to be the difference between really good and really bad awareness training as it sits today. Um, and um, I'd really like to you know, try and help. Uh, one thing I've been trying to do is help my partners understand, like, what is actually going to create additional security? The goal is to you know, reduce bad behaviors and increase good behaviors. What do we actually need to do to make that happen? So first, let's start with what are some of the things I see going wrong with modern security awareness? So a statement I'd like to make right here is I have a quote that says uh, compliance uh, uh, compliance is the same is an approximation for security in the same way the law is an approximation for morality. Neither is a complete substitute of the other. What I mean by that, just because you're compliant doesn't mean you're creating security. Just because you're creating security doesn't mean you're achieving compliance. In order to have security completely, you absolutely need to be compliant with things that are relevant to you and your company. And in order to be compliant completely, you need to have a modicum of security, right? So you need to have both in order to have one completely, but they're not, they're not the exact same thing. So what are some things that I see going wrong in modern security awareness? A lot of these stem from the gap between compliance and security. So let's start with this, phishing. Um, phishing is the most common form of social engineering, which is you know somebody pretending to be a different individual, a different person, a different company or a group of individuals uh, with the attempt uh, to steal uh, information, access, or money. So that's social engineering. And phishing is the most common form of that. The most common way you'll see that if you're an employee at a business or just honestly a human at this point is emails. People emailing you all the time, asking you for banking information or saying you need to send them money because uh, your long lost relative left an inheritance overseas, stuff like that. Those are kind of pedantic examples, but it's the most common. Phishing text, phishing voicemails, phishing phone calls, those are increasing in popularity rapidly. I think that's due to, you know, the accessibility of artificial intelligence. And now you don't really need to be a uh, native English speaker in order to speak English incredibly well, because you, you can have AI do it in a lot of cases. So the first thing that I see going wrong is phishing is not useful in a lot, in, in almost any case that I see. Uh, and I'll point it, I'll point it out like this. Um, when I would have companies uh, come to me, when I'd have partners that come to me and say, hey, our, our phishing rate is below X percent. What they mean by that is, uh, you know, X percent of their users per month click on a phishing email. So they're below that metric. And whenever I would, you know, dive into the actual programs that they were running, the thought process that was put into it or, or the motivations behind it, it was very clear to me that they created a program to optimize for phishing rate not to optimize for employee training or to motivate their behavior. So they would select a certain set of phishing emails. They would send a certain amount of notices and they would do it on a certain cadence or all at once. Or, uh, you know, even in some cases, they would purposely not set up the allow listing uh, to, for, the, for the simulations to get into inboxes so that they could claim those users didn't click on them to begin with. I've seen all of that. And I really think that is a shame. I think there's a... a there are definitely ways that you can do phishing that is incredibly damaging to employees and culture, but there are a lot of ways you could, you could simulate it that would teach employees what reality is like. 
the reality is every business at every point in every day is fending off attacks left and right. Your email gateways, uh, Microsoft Defender, Google Workspace, whatever you're using for your email provider is fending off so much spam that never gets to your that you're never aware of that it would it would boggle your mind how many people uh, and how many systems can send that much email to begin with. And so what I think would be really helpful is if we could we could take, you know, that knowledge of knowing what is currently being fended off. Another way of saying that in today's day and age is knowing what is eventually going to get through to an employee. It's just a numbers game. If you make it 10 times harder um, to to get phishing into a legitimate organization, you can just annex the amount of phishing you send and you'll probably get the same number of things through. Um, so I, I see evidence of that in some cases as well. And so phishing is not useful because there's largely no regulation around it. There's no, you have to fish in this way. It has to be relevant to the employees in these ways. And it has to be done on this cadence. And you need to make sure you need to guarantee it got to the inbox. You need to guarantee the employee is the one that filtered this out, not as some automated tool. None of that exists. So largely phishing is a non-useful exercise. Um, second is training's not delivered well enough. Um, the average experience I have talking with employees about their awareness training experience is pretty grim uh, in terms of they feel disheartened, they feel talked down to, they feel like they're treated with kid gloves and they're treated like childish uh, by their security teams. And I, I know that's not everyone in the security field. I know that's not the intention of almost everyone in the security field, but we should acknowledge the fact that that's how they feel, that that's how these people who absolutely have a place in security uh, feel about their people who are supposed to be helping them understand security. Uh, some of the ways training's not delivered well enough, it's delivered all at once. Topics and the trainings aren't really relevant to an employee's job. Like if your company, a uh, really stupid example that I hope doesn't exist in the real world is if your company doesn't handle uh, PHI or doesn't do anything with medical professionals, you, you almost certainly don't need HIPAA training, right? So don't deliver that to your folks. Um, if you have a front desk person who doesn't collect any kind of financial information ever, and you know that that'll never be the case, and you've set up measures to prevent that um, from the beginning, they probably don't need to understand uh, PCI, uh, you know, from a very uh, in-depth level. Maybe they need a cursory understanding. But if they're not collecting payment information, do they need to know how to handle it? That's a question that should be answered uh, by the managers of those folks. And so I see this complete disconnect between training that would be relevant and training that actually gets delivered. And then I see the second disconnect of the cadence at which it should get delivered, the tone that the training should have to begin with, and what the employees would actually resonate with. There's a complete disconnect between those two things as well. And that just leads to people checking out from the, their entire security journey from the, from the minute it starts. They just don't want to be any part of it. Um, and that leads to the third thing that I see it's going really wrong is there's really little development of security culture in any employee, Right. There's this focus on doing training for for training sake or training for compliance sake, but there's really there's really no investment in helping uh, uh, employees and a company create security culture. Uh, and if that doesn't exist, if if people don't value security because it's a valuable thing, if they only value it because their manager has a stick that they're going to beat them with if they don't do their training, or they're going to get their pay docked, I see that all the time, and that's wild. Um, they're just going to check out. You're not going to have a, you're going to have a culture of fear and a culture of insecurity and a culture of hiding things that they do wrong. You're not going to have this culture of transparency and honestness and openness that is incredibly important to helping people understand security. Uh, and, and one of the things I see all the time is, can we really measure the effectiveness of awareness training in general, of training in general? So think about it uh, like this. So this is how I've thought through it. 
is what is the what is the really end goal of awareness training? And I'm going to get into this in a whole other episode, but it's to change human behavior. It's to reduce bad behaviors that introduce risks to a business, and it is to increase good ones. Some really specific examples. People who don't report incidents or things that they believe to be suspicious. That is a bad behavior. Right? That is not one you'd like to incentivize. So your goal is to change that into increasing the um, the occurrence of good behaviors, which is, oh, now they're reporting things they they believe to be legitimate threats. Hey, I didn't see that person badge into the company um, office. I have no idea who they are. We should check that out. Or, hey, my computer mouse is moving on its own, and I don't know why it's doing that. I didn't call the tech support people. Or, hey, you know I got a notice that, um, you know, from our phishing, from our security team that phishing has been ramping up. And I, I remember downloading something that I didn't quite expect and started doing some weird things. Maybe I should reach out and tell people about that. Those are all, all behaviors you absolutely want to incentivize. And so what I would say is if the end goal is to change human behavior, that is a damn near impossible thing to measure in any capacity. So, you know, any company. That, that can interpret a set of data points and then claim to tell you anything about how humans will behave moving forward uh, should be should be viewed with incredible scrutiny, uh, if not, you know, complete ignorance. <laughs> um, I think one thing all of us learn uh, and all of us realize is, you know, humans are incredibly complex and trying to understand their behavior at all points. And I'm reading a few a f- few books on this right now. And one of the primary points is, yeah, you, you could, you could understand human behavior if you could sequence their entire genome and then predict how that's going to impact, you know, how their brain behaves in certain scenarios and, you know, goes all the way down uh, that way. And so unless somebody has a, has the ability to do that, uh, I think it's safe to assume that human behavior is going to seem random at times because a lot of times humans don't know why they act the way they do. So be careful not to use proxies to fill in uh, for understanding human behavior. Some proxies that exist commonly are um, uh, what their phishing rate is, what kind of topics they get fished with, how quickly they can complete their training, what their training score was. You know, all those are really important for compliance and that has its place. And I'm not saying it's not important. What I am saying is leveraging those facts to try and claim anything about a human behaving in certain scenarios is 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 incredibly obtuse and the exact wrong way to go about it. I think it's just going to get us into a way worse spot as uh, not only as a society, but as like a, uh, as a company, it would definitely get you into a worse spot. You're just going to be unhappy with the results because you're going to predict things that aren't going to happen to be true. And frankly, if you do get them right, it's probably just dumb luck at that point. I do not believe anyone can make a claim about human behavior um, and then predict what's going to happen next into the future. It's just Nobody knows what scenarios every employee is going to be faced with. Nobody knows what's going on in their personal life that will impact the way they behave at work. You know, as much as everyone and every company would like to believe is people bring their personal lives into their work all the time. The stresses that they feel don't start and stop at, you know, the nine to five. They don't start when they walk and stop when they walk in and out of your company. Humans are humans. That's how it will always be. So trying to claim you understand what their behavior is going to be is a, you know, if you believe that. Come talk. I'd love to talk with you about it. I'd love to understand your point of view. Um, And that's largely uh, the difference between compliance and security. We can optimize for compliance and we can prove that, right? That is a set of discrete data points. Do you enable MFA? Do you deliver training on these eight topics? Um, Do you deliver it every month? Do you ensure a certain score on the training questions and you ask five training questions per topic? 
that is all discrete sets of data points. So you can optimize for compliance. It's not necessarily going to get you to security. might be a great start. And frankly, it usually is. Uh, but it's not the same thing. Real security is going to be you know, changing human behavior uh, in order to reduce risky behavior and increase good ones. So those are some of my thoughts on awareness training. I'm weird in that I think about all this stuff all the time. Uh, so this is what I've decided to uh, do. And it's something I'm incredibly interested in. If you have thoughts, if you have questions, comments, concerns, or you'd like to talk about it with me, I'm always open to doing that. You'll have links to my LinkedIn. You'll have links to the company website. Reach out, um, say something, say whatever you want. I'd be happy to chat with you. Uh, and I would look forward to it, frankly. So uh, thanks so much for listening. Thanks for listening to me get up on my soapbox and talk about what I believe to be important. I'm glad you were here and I'll see you next time. Thank you so much for listening. If you want to find out more about creating high quality security awareness training campaigns that engage employees and change their habits, then check out FinSecurity at phinsec.io or click the link in our show notes. Thanks for fishing with me. See you next time.